Happy Friday, everyone, and thank you for joining us on Fried Okra, the public education podcast for Oklahomans. I'm Carrie Coppernell Jacobs with the Oklahoma Education Association. And I'm Alicia Priest, president of the OEA. Fried Okra is a weekly podcast where we get together to talk about public education issues in Oklahoma. We hope you'll join us every Friday. Well, we are joined this morning by the illustrious Amanda Ewing, who's uh, the lead cat herder of our lobbying team. Amanda, how are you? I'm great. Thank you. There's a lot going on this week. Um, Is there? It, <laughs> huh. and uh, yes. so so okay let's get into it what so first of all there were a couple of bills that we alert i'm sorry there are dogs here this we're recording i'm sorry i apologize um we'll just that's... they're just part of the podcast <laughs> they're just trying to get their voice in they were they are expressing their displeasure of the of the voucher bills as well <laughs> they have concerns about their rolling average for enrollment. Um, <laughs> let's talk about uh, the funding bill that was that was voted on yesterday. What? Tell us about that uh, funding formula bill and what's going on. So this is House Bill twenty seventy eight, authored by Representative Hilbert, and uh, this seems to be well a big deal among uh, House leadership and and the governor. So uh, we have real concerns though. The bill basically uh, shortens the amount of time on which a school district can base their budget. So right now, say you're in the spring semester of a school year and you're an administrator and you're trying to figure out, you know, how do I budget for next year? How many teachers do I bring back? What classes do we need to cut? That sort of thing. Um, you can uh, base that budget currently on the prior school year. You can say, I'm gonna look at how much money we had last year, that full year that's over, and I'm gonna budget based on that attendance in that year. The law lets you do that. And one of the reasons, the main reason, is because schools with declining enrollment, um, you know, they have declining funding. And this policy allows the district to kind of budget a little more slowly on those declines, right? Um, you don't have to immediately budget for student loss in the current year. It can You can kind of wind down toward that, which allows just better planning. It allows to um, avoiding major layoffs, that sort of thing. So um, what 2078 would do is it says, okay, you're in the spring, you're making your budget for next year. You can either make it uh, based on the year that you're in right now, or you can base it on what you think your enrollment the next nine weeks, the first nine weeks of your next year is going to be, which obviously you have no idea what that enrollment is going to be. But, you know, it, it shortens by a year uh, the options for administrators to, to make that budget and basically, you know, gives them less flexibility and a little less predictability in what uh, a budget's going to be from one year to the next. That's right. And is really onerous to do it this year when we've had such an, a wild year with enrollment in schools. I mean, it just doesn't make any sense whatsoever to do this. Yeah, you know, it is a bill. Uh, the bill doesn't take effect until 2022. So technically... At least there's I mean, that. Yeah, right. Uh, it's not going to leave a district having to budget on their pandemic year. But this is the perfect example for why this bill is not a good idea, right? Um, because you wouldn't want to be in a position where your options are only to budget on the pandemic year or the next nine weeks when you have no idea what your enrollment's going to be. Okay, and I've got a question. So this this is 
one of the things that I that I heard in the in the debate, because I was a glutton for punishment and listened in briefly and then stopped listening, um, about the um, something that came up often was epic that and and we know that th that that is an issue with this you know huge boom in enrollment and the expected decline in enrollment when when folks feel safe going back to their brick and mortar schools um, that you know that they would have a, a huge drop after a huge spike. Um, and that's something that lawmakers talked about. But if you if they wait on that implementation, Epic will still next year have their massive enrollment count regardless of their real student count. Um, so it doesn't really address the, the Epic issue. No, I, I feel like uh, you're absolutely right that this is just kind of a, I don't, I don't know, a distraction. You know, yeah. there's so yeah. many problems to address with Epic that the state auditor lined out very clearly in yeah. her findings. And, you know, if, if the legislature is concerned about Epic, then they should perhaps focus on one of those many options. And yeah. this yeah. is just, you know, I, I think they think that school districts, you know, don't like Epic. And so we're going to be real happy when they tell us, well, this is going to stick it to Epic. But I mean, this fixes nothing where Epic right. is concerned and, and right. it's just a distraction. And, and the reality is you don't punish an entire class for uh, for uh, an, an issue that one student does. Right. So if if one student is the issue in class, right. then you address that with with them. You don't address it with the entire class, and and that's the way it should work. With you know, if if there's a school district, whether it's a virtual school district or not, uh, mis misusing things, then then we should address it with them individually. Yes. So. Um... Oh, there's just so much. I mean, this bill affects jobs. It affects academic planning. It affects every every element of of education. Um, all right, we better move on, or before I say more things. Um, what about uh, there was a, a voucher bill, 1982, that House Bill 1982 that we were concerned about. What's the status of that? Well, I think they got a lot of contact on this bill. So uh, shout out to, you know, our members and, and everybody else who, who contacted their legislators about House Bill 1982. So that bill uh, was laid over. It wasn't heard in committee yesterday uh, as it was scheduled to be heard. The, the bad news, though, <laughs> is that um, next week, I think we're going to see a similar bill, uh, but, you know, arguably a, a worse bill uh, authored by Representative Eccles, which is House Bill 2651. This is the same bill we've been fighting tooth and nail for the last two years. And so while we got past one hurdle, and that's great, yeah. um, next week stands to be a tough week uh, for this and, and other reasons. What's the what's the Eccles bill? The is it the same as four hundred seven last year? What issue? What issue is that voucher bill around? Yes, pretty much. It's expanding the or it's lifting uh, the cap on the tax credits we give out to incentivize donations to public uh, to private schools. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it also has a component where it increases the cap to incentivize donations to public schools, and so you know proponents like to say, but we're helping public schools too. And we like to respond with, well, that's your job because you're legislators <laughs> and you need to fund our public schools. Uh, that does not mean that we uh, need to provide tax credits to incentivize private school donations. They yeah. are, they're doing okay. 
And so, one of the things that I heard was this was being misused. Like folks will give this this tax credit um, that will give a scholarship for their own child. So they get tuition free because of, of what they've given for their is am am I thinking about the right bill, Amanda? You are. And I've I've heard that too, you know, what's to prevent someone from saying, well, rather than paying my kids tuition to the uh, school directly, I'm going to pay it by, you know, providing this scholarship that then gets me half of my money back in the form of a tax credit and my kid gets that scholarship. I will say that in uh, Eccles 2651, there's a provision that prohibits a donor's child from uh, receiving the scholarship now. So it addresses that slightly, but you know, it doesn't prohibit a, a donor's relative, right? A grandparent can continue to do this or, you know, any other family member can, yeah. but they are. Yeah. Or I can do it for them. your child and you do it for my child. <gasps> yeah. Good oh point. I mean, or, yeah. Shenanigans. Always shenanigans. Um, okay. So we'll, so be on alert for those for those be on the lookout those for those things next week um and so next week also is deadline week right it is bills uh have to be out of the committee in their house of origin so senate bills have to make it out of senate committee house bills have to make it out of house committees by thursday end of the day thursday otherwise they are technically dead for the year okay um technically (laughs) we've seen things skate through somehow I mean, we're, well, yeah. I'll refer you to your aforementioned shenanigans. <laughs> <laughs> so there are a couple, I mean, and uh, so many shenanigans to cover, but there are a couple of other bills we want to talk about real quick. Um, there's, there's a pension bill that has come up uh, about retirement issues for quite a few of our, um, our education folks. Can you talk about that bill and what's going on? Sure, that is uh, House Bill 2293 by Representative Dustin Roberts. Mm -hmm. This bill says that um, if you are paid by grant funding, and we're at the moment talking about non-federal grants. um, So if your district is receiving a grant from a nonprofit or tribe uh, that pays your salary, um, this bill would say that they no longer have to pay your TRS, your teacher's retirement uh, system administrative costs. And what that means is if those costs aren't paid, then you may work all summer at a summer school program, uh, but you're not going to receive credit within your retirement system for that. So when you go to retire, you know, that's not going to count as time you work towards your retirement. Yeah. So, you know, it puts us in a bind, right? Because the alternatives are, uh, like I said, one, either their teacher doesn't get retirement credit or two, the district or the state need to pick up those costs, you know, if we want to go that route and we want to just say the state's going to cover these costs, then, I mean, we don't really have a problem with the bill at that point. Sure. But um, that's not what the bill says. I mean, the bill just yeah. says if you're paid by grant funding, those grants don't have to cover your retirement costs. And that's, you know, that's not okay. Oh, my gosh. Um, I mean, seriously. Yikes. That, mm, okay. Um, that's disturbing. Um, speaking of disturbing... There's an anti, <laughs> anti-OEA bill um, that <laughs> somehow involves the First Amendment. Um, what is... What? Yeah. 
<laughs> so Senator Daniels uh, from Bartlesville is uh, bringing Senate Bill 203. Okay. Uh, this bill okay. says, you know, if you want to uh, payroll deduct your uh, dues to your association, then um, every year you have to sign a form saying that you understand you have a First Amendment right not to payroll deduct your dues or not to pay dues whatsoever. Um, this bill. So comes what's from, the first? R- remind us all what the First Amendment is. <laughs> well, freedom to associate is is in there, um, which is you know the basis for folks joining unions. But um, you know, I I guess she wants to make sure that you also have freedom from associating. I I don't think we have any members that are like signing up to payroll deduct their dues to OEA every year saying, gosh, I wish OEA didn't make me do this. I wish I wasn't required (laughs) to pay dues every year. I I think if people thought that, we would probably have more members, frankly. (laughs) Alicia, Alicia, we're going to need you to stop showing up to people's offices. Please stop showing up to HR and putting people in headlocks if you could stop doing that. I give them give them the people's elbow. <laughs> so you know, in states oh like word. California, for for yeah, many yeah. years, you know, people were required to pay at least a portion of dues, uh, the portion you know that the union used to ne- to negotiate their salary. Yeah. Um. They yeah. they were in in states like that. You know, some people did have to pay parts of their dues. Um, with no choice. And so, you know, Janice, the lawsuit in front of the Supreme Court a couple of years ago said, we don't have to do that anymore. I can really see, you know, some justification for an estate like that, making sure that when someone is paying their dues, they are acknowledging at least once, you know, acknowledging that I don't have to do this. And that way they're aware in case they didn't want to in the first place. Um, But that, I mean, this bill just has no no role in a state here. The only, you know, point is just to try to prevent people. You know, it's just another hurdle. Every year you'd have to sign this form in case you forgot from one to the next that you have this right. So it's just, you know, trying to prevent teachers from payroll deducting their dues. I mean, the, the thinking behind that is just, you know, Oklahoma is like the freest free to work state where you can just freely freely work work. (laughs) so so it's they're just targeting oea no other no other labor unions don't have to not no other pipe uh, fitters don't have to firefighters we wouldn't do that for first responders who also yeah okay okay we see you so, you know, the downside about this Senate Bill 203 is that it was assigned to the Senate Judiciary Committee, which obviously chairs, right? If that uh, judiciary, I also Because if think- this isn't judiciary, I don't know what is. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, we think there's a real good chance that this bill will get put on an agenda next week and heard since it's Senator Daniels' bill in Senator Daniels' yeah. committee. So. Yeah. Um, we are going to have to be on the lookout for that and and do our best to defeat that. It's not a committee that I'm I'm not real optimistic about, frankly. So this may be one that we're going to have to uh, try to kill on the full Senate floor or in a House committee because um, you know some committees are just better than others with which uh, legislators you get you get on there. So okay, I, I I have a very serious like overall question about this session. I can't tell like there's the pandemic. There's snowmageddon. Everything feels terrible. And the like, but it feels like this session is like really 
unpleasant. I mean, we're only we're only a couple weeks in, and it just feels like fighting, like repeated fights and just like it just feels like a lot of bad bills like right out of the gate like not a lot that we're fighting for like it just feels like there's so much to fight against is that me just being very sad about the state of the planet and like <laughs> everything right now or it, it was I mean, it, I mean what's the deal? yes and no yes and yeah. no I mean we do have more bad bills this year than I've seen yeah. in, in several years and it does feel like the legislature is um less supportive as a whole I mean we have some great legislators of course but as a right. whole it's feeling like right. less supportive of the public schools than we've seen in past years and I you know I think there are a lot of factors impacting that and and it's been mm. a complicated school year right for sure. everyone yeah um you know, also there are a lot of good bills. Uh, just at this stage, the good bills really kind of fly through committee without much debate or, yeah. you know, discussion. And so when we get further into the process towards, you know, later in session, you'll, I think, hear more about those. There have been some, you know, good bills to make sure that we're doing what we can to uh, educate, you know, students and provide professional development for teachers to to um, try to decrease suicides in schools. There's, you know, trying right. to make sure that uh, breastfeeding education employees have a place to do that in their workplace. That's or my state senator. Yes. That's not a toilet yes. stall. Yeah. I, let me tell you, as someone who had a baby when I was teaching, I am so excited about that one because I had to do that. I had to do that in my classroom closet. And like, wouldn't it be nice to have a space? Like, yeah, yeah. so there's good stuff. Oh, thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> Just feels like there's a lot right now, but. I know, and these first deadlines, you know, this is the first deadline coming up next week. And our goal is always, you know, to to get rid of the very worst bills by that first deadline. So you, yeah. you know, you do hear more about those. And and you know, we kind of kind of we have to panic about those and make sure everybody's aware and taking action. But yeah. um, yes, I promise there are some good ones too, and we'll talk more about those as session uh, goes on. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So everybody uh stay alert, be ready to call your peeps. Uh this week it's a big week coming up so it's a lot yeah I would really hope um you know everyone call their uh state representative and tell them not to mess with the funding formula that it works fine as it is and and this is not the time to to do that you know that would be the the number one ask I'd have of our of our folks if you're listening and how would you imagine them starting out that conversation if they if 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 you were to call your your legislator, what would you start off with? You know, I think I would start with things have been so tumultuous in public education for the past year and a half now, right? Or, or yeah, um, for this entire school year and and last spring semester, yep. and we just need some certainty. We need some, you know. Um, we need our legislators to support us. We need them to be doing things to make our lives more easy, not more yeah. difficult. Yeah. And, you know, changing up the funding formula in the midst of what we're dealing with right now is just, uh, it's unnecessary and it's making our, you know, our whole, um, you know, our planning, our budgeting, our knowing what we can expect in the coming school year, mm -hmm. um, even scarier. And, and that's really not what we need them doing right now. Oh, man, that so sounds fun. very non-threatening. 
<laughs> it's and it's so true you know like right now i i teachers are are doing it support staff are doing it our students are doing it and and now is the time to support them as we sort of cross into this over this bridge and into a post-covid world please lord someday um yeah. you know i mean Now's the time to bolster folks after surviving this horrible thing, not not tinker with a formula that anytime you tinker with that, there are going to be winners and losers. And that translates to kids. And yeah, we can't afford to have kids who lose out right now. They need they need everything from the adults in their lives, not not less, you know, it's just so you you always talk about you, you drive that home with what's going on in your house with uh with your kids learning and and I will just say learning is happening yeah my daughter took the ACT for the first time uh earlier this year and um and then took it again recently mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. even with everything going on there is learning happening she brought her score up five points over the course of the last couple of months. And and after she took it, she's like, Mom, I knew things on there because Mr. Legeko has gone over this mm-hmm. and we're doing this in class. Mm-hmm. And we did this in this class. And, you know, um, it, it, it's happening. It's real. Yep. Kids are yep. learning. Yep. Yeah. You know, and I think legislators are feeling, I mean, it's been an isolating year, right? It's been a year sure. where we don't have sure. a lot of personal connections. And I think that legislators have gone quite a while without a lot of connections to their constituents. They're not hearing those stories as often. Um, they're not, you know, running into folks in the community because yeah. we're not having community events. And so I just think we really need to be sharing those stories like that with them. I think mm-hmm. they just need to be uh, hearing more of the positive positive and be right. reminded that there's so much good happening happening in their local public schools and and their job as our legislators you know is to support them. Yep. Yep. Well, thank you Amanda for um leaving us on that uplifting note because I was feeling very sorry for myself. So <laughs> thank you thank you for uh what you guys are doing and for keeping us in the loop and we'll see what happens next week. Thanks very much. Well, we are excited to uh, be joined this morning by one of our friends from Oklahoma Plaque, Monica Whiteley. Good morning, Monica. How are you? Good morning. I'm doing well. Um, well, we wanted to visit with you uh, about next week, Public Schools Week, and you're the coordinator, or as I will call you, Grand Poobah, of that effort with Black. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um, so before we talk about Public Schools Week, just for folks who might not be familiar um, with our friends uh, at PLAC, what do you guys, tell us just kind of big picture what you guys do. Great. So we are a group of uh, concerned advocates for public schools. Um, We are a mix of mainly parents. um, Well, we're all parents, but some of us have different jobs within the community. Mm -hmm. But really, our goal is to inform and to engage parents in what's happening with public policy um, in the legislature and getting. So tell us. I was going to just say, so tell us what, what OK Plaque stands for. Ah, 
Important, important. It stands for <laughs> Oklahoma Parent Legislative Action Committee. Yes. Perfect. Um, well, let's there and there is very much action to be taken this session. Yes. Um, yes. So talk to us about public schools week. How did um, what are you guys doing? How did this come about that um, your involvement in us? Give us give us a look at what you guys are planning for next week. Yeah, so there's kind of lots to talk about. So three years ago, we um, kind of joined in with NPE, which is Network for Public Education. Mm-hmm. Um, and they kind of helped combine about a lot of grassroots uh, public education efforts across the country. Mm-hmm. And they joined in to do Public Schools Week and asked a bunch of us to also join in. So we jumped on board. Um, so that So Public Schools Week in general is just it's a nationwide grassroots partnership of parents, students, school staff, elected officials, Mm -hmm. um, really just trying to showcase and celebrate all the public schools has to offer. Um, So we go ahead. No, I just I love that. We don't we don't Mm -hmm. um, take time to always do that. You know, I mean, yes, everybody, there's so much, there's so much work going on and so much to be done. It's, I'm glad that we're, I'm glad that we're taking a pause to celebrate public schools and what's going right. So I'm sorry. As we, right. As we all know, bad news travels a lot faster than good news. And we, we hear a lot of the bad stuff, you know, in all the things. So one of the things that we all love about Public Schools Week is it does take a pause to just focus on the positive. And mm-hmm. last year, um, we created the profile pic. It was a red with the hashtag Public School Proud. Yes. It was so encouraging and fun to see all of the profile pics. Now it got real confusing in group chats because we all had the same <laughs> yeah. profile yes. picture. Everybody's was the same. <laughs> Everybody was the same little bubble. But, um, and we have that again this year. This year we did a frame as cool. well. So we're excited to kind of get that going um, too. But I actually put that as my Facebook post, my Facebook frame last night. <gasps> Is oh, it already you? up? Oh, good. Oh. Yeah, I saw J.J. Burnham had it on his. Yes, and, I know. They were all so, getting ahead of the game. Yes. Okay, well, I'm going to do that right after we're done. Good. Okay. <laughs> I haven't done it yet. I'm going to I'm gonna hold true to the actions. Okay. I'm going to wait till okay. Sunday night. Okay. Um, but it's just for a week that yeah. now some people leave it up, you know, all year round. I have yeah. mine on Twitter still. But so anyway, so yes, it it just gives a, gives us a chance to speak and to brag about the great things that are happening at our schools, which we know mm-hmm. happen all the time. But yeah, yes, you know, we just don't always get to have that moment to always, always showcase the good. Um, and we yes. like that it's in the middle of session, mm-hmm. um, that it's a time for our legislators to see um, the support that's out there for public ed. And it's yeah. not just these groups that are always talking to them, you know, the few yeah that actually speak to the legislators or go to the Capitol or that kind of stuff to kind of uh, make our case for our public schools. Um, And, you know, that's what's one of the things that is hard that, you know, what you're describing is a lot of times that stuff just stays invisible because who do you call to say, Hey, school went, school went right today. 
everything was great. Right. You know what I mean? That's, that's the kind yes. of stuff that doesn't always rise to the, to the surface, you know, but it happens yes. every day across, like across yes. the country, you know, not just Oklahoma, but that's the yeah. kind of stuff that sometimes stays invisible. Well, and our hope too is, and I, I know it's been overused. I'm not going to say the overused word that starts with un, but <laughs> <laughs> and ends with precedent. Whatever. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but I hope, I hope that our communities across Oklahoma have seen the importance and the necessity of our community schools right now. Yes. That they have recognized the importance that our schools play in our economy, for our businesses, yes, for our families, yes. for those kids. I mean, yes. all of it. It's just, it is so central to our communities. I mean, a hundred percent. So I, that again, that, you know, we all, obviously we all love public education. Um, and this is a chance to just broaden that view and broaden the scope so that more people are recognizing it and seeing it. So, and I love it really ultimately public schools week is, is truly just a social media blitz. And it's again, the hope that on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, it, that it's just being blasted everywhere and that yeah. people constantly see it and it becomes, you know, a trend. Mm -hmm. It'd be cool to make it a trend hashtag, but, um, and to, to speaking to, you know, the chance to tell the stories uh, in our uh, files or our toolkit that we've been sending out to people, there's even just a, a sheet of paper that you can print off that just says, I love public education because, um, and then you can write the answer on there. And that's a good way for the kids to tell something like, because obviously the teachers can't take pictures of kids sure. in the classroom and show that, but, or even parents having a parent have their kid write down why they love their public school or why the parent loves the public school, you know, all of the things. So, so it's always some, a fun, fun week. What are some of the activities you guys have scheduled for plaque? So, I know there, there are different yeah. groups that are involved, but what are you guys up to? Yes. yes. So we have a toolkit that we get from the main, um, uh, I'm so sorry, the main page, like the mm -hmm. publicschoolproud.org, yeah. uh, they give us help on creating a toolkit. Mm -hmm. They have a lot of social media graphics and stuff you can pull from there. Um, and then as a group, our OKPLAC or PAC um, creates a toolkit. And we send this toolkit out to districts, to teachers, to parents, mm -hmm. um, in hopes that everybody can kind of be on board a little bit with the same uh, actions, but we know that each group and we encourage each group to come up with their own stuff to work on. So things that we have suggested is like I said before, the profile picture, um, sending a letter or a card to your legislators, to the governor, to Lieutenant governor. Last year, we delivered a bunch of Valentines to the legislators. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, we didn't get to do that this year for a lot of oh, obvious reasons. reasons. Um, simply wearing red on one day that everybody does that. Um, the quote, your kid that I talked about. Um, so those are some of the main cool action steps that and we have. Alicia, we're OEA is also participating. That is correct. 
We are. Because we have a, a week of ac action planned. Everything from uh, talking about your classroom heroes to the dreams of your students to um, making sure that we celebrate all aspects of our schools, including our administrators and support professionals. Yes. Uh, mm -hmm. Because, you know, our schools can't run without our support professionals. Uh, Fact. Fact. I mean, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Very it's true. It's, oh, sorry. Sorry about the dogs. Full disclosure, podcast listeners. We are not in the office today. So there are <laughs> background dogs. My apologies. Um, it so, could happen to any of the three of us at any moment. Yeah, it could, yes. <laughs> um, so, okay, Monica, where can people go get more info if they want to find out how to get involved in Public Schools Week uh, with, yeah. with you guys? Yeah, so okplac.org, and the second you click on that or, you know, you press return, mm -hmm. send, or whatever, it'll there will immediately be a pop-up that gives you a link to go to our toolkits that gives you the, the action calendars. You can also go to our Facebook page. We will be posting things the night before okay, on cool. um, what to get prepared for. Um, and like I said, there's a lot of other groups across the state that are getting involved. I know um, the OKPTA OK is doing some stuff and right. Oklahoma Schools Rural, it's yep. a fun word, Rural Coalition mm -hmm. um, yes. is also doing some stuff. So, um, and the other fun thing too is that hashtag, that public school proud hashtag. Again, because this is nationwide and this is happening not just in Oklahoma. You can do that hashtag on Twitter um, and Facebook, and you can see all the stuff that people are doing around the country. Yeah. Um, and one thing that they really push, we have not done this yet in our state, we need to, is they have a resolution that they get, um, they ask all the states to have their uh, representatives sign um, that are in Congress. Oh, cool. mm -hmm. So just a resolution to get... Um, you know, to recognize public schools week. And um, in the years past, we've had Governor Stitt um, do a proclamation. This year, we're just getting some quotes from different um, elected officials about public schools week and cool. hope to present those throughout the week. So we've got lots of, fun, you know, just lots of different stuff planned. And I'm excited that this year, our it just continues to grow. The first year, it was just us and we were kind of learning how to get it going. And then the second year we had a few people hop on board. And then this year we've got, it's a lot broader. Yeah. Um, so um, Alicia, what do, what do people, where do people go if they want to find out about what OEA has got going on? Well, they can go to our OEA webpage, okea.org slash PSW21. Perfect. So PSW Public Schools Week, PSW21. Um, I wanted to see if Monica would give us a little preview about why she hearts public education. Yeah, uh, I like that. I like that little prompt. I heart public education because it's for all kids. Um, I, and I don't mean to be cliche on that, but there's something that always warms my heart about the fact that we don't turn any kids away. There was this sign that was posted in my kids school um it's still there but it talks about just all these little um bullet points and it says like if you live in if you live in a car if you are homeless if you 
I can't even remember all the, all the, those are the two that I remember the most. It's like, you belong here. Like you are welcome to this school. Um, so come, you know, find out this, we've got resources and all those things. I just was going, see, that's <laughs> just, I love that because it's such a community and that's, I don't know. There's so many things I love about public ed, but that's what always first and foremost comes to my mind is it truly is for, it's for all kids and we don't, we don't turn anyone away. So fact. I love well, that. I, I could see in Carrie's eyes, she was getting all the feels. I am feeling yeah. some things about that. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's so true. It's such, I have oh. a picture of it. I took forever ago and I, it pulls up, you know, on the time hop and all that kind of stuff every now and then I just, I'm like, oh, I just love it. It's That's such a, a great statement. Yeah. Oh, I love it too. Well, thank you, Monica, for your advocacy. Thank you for, Absolutely. um, cat herding next week next I'm really yeah. looking forward to it it's gonna be so fun it's gonna I just can't wait to yeah. see everything that different people are gonna put out there it's gonna be it's yes. gonna be great a hundred percent well thank you guys for having me on and letting me speak and, and thank you for doing it uh yeah you know as a volunteer yes. uh to to promote and push good public policy for public education uh is is phenomenal so you. you know it it takes all of us to um to make action happen and we appreciate the the um camaraderie and the coalition that we have with okay plaque amen absolutely i can i completely agree so thank you guys <laughs> and welcome to alicia's morning announcements do 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 all right. We, uh, of course, had a great podcast today, had some great information, Public Schools Week next week, uh, all the activism that we need and advocacy around some of those legislative issues. But there's some great stuff going on uh, for our kids and for ourselves uh, over the next couple of weeks. Read Across America, o uh, OEA's one of our longstanding contests is... Um, has extended deadlines to February 26th. So it is a poster contest. And um, for our kiddos, uh, art contest is, is what we're calling it. It's open to Oklahoma public school students in two divisions, grades three through 12. They're creating a piece of art that depicts their favorite book or character from their favorite movie. And grades K through two, there is an official coloring page. And we give out prizes, including a $100 prize for best in show. So yes. those entries have to be received by 5 p.m. on February 26th. So um, so send that to some friends. I The artwork is so amazing. I yeah. love it. I just love the creativity of our kids. Yes. And um, it allows them to really express themselves through art and through literature and bringing those ties together. I love it, love it, love it. Um, another uh, exciting thing for students is the Oklahoma City Memorial uh, Student Essay Contest for students grades five through 12. The deadline is February 28th and we'll put information about that on the OEA Edge uh, that will come out on Tuesday. But I'm sure you can go to the... Uh, through the OKC uh, Memorial page and find out more information about that contest as well. Um, Outreach to Teach is a philanthropy that our student organization does every year, the Oklahoma Association 
of the Oklahoma Aspiring Educators Association, OAEA, is, is our group of, of um, college students who are wanting to become educators. Uh, Outreach to Teach, they pick a school every year and go and do a beautification project um, that that the people in that school uh, need and want done, painting murals, uh, refurbishing, like painting stuff on the blacktop for kids to do activities outside. I mean, planting things. It is an amazing and awesome philanthropy that they do. And this year we have to do it a little bit different. So they are uh, taking applications through March 2nd to do the virtual outreach to teach, which is going to um, to give a school's uh, Amazon wish list up to two thousand dollars. So, um, so schools, if you know some high needs schools, uh, they can you can uh, nominate them for the outreach to teach. I love that solution to this year. I mean, that's a that's a lot of money. That's gonna be, that's gonna be a big deal. That's yeah. whatever school gets us, that's going to be a big deal. Yeah. And so you can go on the OEA webpage and, uh, you know, uh, do the outreach to teach proposal and um, fill that out. And and let's let's get a school that needs it some money for some materials. I mean, yes. It's such an amazing thing. Also, they the OAEA takes uh, donations for that project as well. So, um, and lastly, we we have we've been talking about this for a long time, and it's coming. Organizing conference coming up February twenty sixth and twenty seventh. Uh, it is gonna be awesome and free. So if you haven't registered yet, yeah. go register. And um, and come do some fantastic professional development with us. And have, and a, have fun a big fun time. Friday, we are going to play some fun games uh, and raise some money for uh, PAC. Even though it's virtual, we can still have fun. I So last year, we played Singo, and I had no idea. And when I... When someone explained it, I was like, that sounds weird. Well, I'm not into that. And then and then we did it and I was like, no, okay, this is yeah. super fun. Like I really and, enjoyed it. And this year we're playing Mingo. Uh movie movie but, quotes. Bingo. Oh. And amazing. so um we have a way that everybody can make their own card electronically. And yeah, oh, cool. yeah. And so I've been watching some movie clips so that I can get the quotes just right <laughs> with intonation and um you know, you put a oh, you put a Spanish yes. language linguistics teacher uh up in front of a group and you know, we're I'm not do the accent. We're not doing anything halfway. Yeah, this is no half 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 no, effort. We're this all a, in. No. Oh my gosh. Well, I am excited to see how this goes. Last year was super fun, so I'm excited to see how it that translates digitally. And now I'm especially looking forward to your accent. Yes. Oh, boy. <laughs> well, uh, we want to say thank you so much to Amanda Ewing of OEA and Monica Whiteley of Oklahoma PLAC for joining us today. And thank you for listening to Fried Okra, the public education podcast for Oklahomans. I'm Carrie Coppernall Jacobs with the Oklahoma Education Association. And I'm Alicia Priest, president of the OEA. 
You can connect with us and contact us at friedokrapodcast at gmail.com. But we hope you'll join us again next week. Until then, keep fighting the good fight for public education.